episode 98, trigeminal neuralgia, and other facial acupuncture treatment. It's not just aesthetic. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Terry Fox's perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Well, 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 we're back again. Episode 98. What'd you think about the new music? Mm, the ending will be the old music. It's a mixed up episode. Well, hey, today's guest, we're going to talk about the differences between cosmetic, facial, and full body acupuncture and how you can mix them all together. Because, you know, you think facial acupuncture, you probably just think, oh, I'm going to get rid of some wrinkles, you know, some fake Botox type stuff. But in reality, you can treat kind of the whole body based on your face and, you know, other parts of the body to enhance it. So he doesn't just limit himself to one area. Plus, he specializes in things like trigeminal neuralgia, Bell's palsy, those types of uh, painful face conditions. You know, most people don't experience that or probably don't have the skills to treat that very well, but he does. So he'll walk us through evaluating and treating somebody. And we'll also discuss like the different terminology. You know, are you saying things that with Chinese words and theory and a lot of people are like, what? But then if you just switch it to Western terms that we're familiar with in a scientific way, we're like, oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And like how technology, science really hasn't caught up to being able to measure somewhat what acupuncture is doing. At the end of the episode, he discusses his podcast that he has, some marketing, and a powerful story about his kid and about himself and some counseling. You don't want to miss that near the end of the episode. And if we're lucky, at some point, he's going to return the favor and I'll be on his show. We'll play Switcheroo, and he can be the host. All right, doctorsperspective.net slash 98 for the show notes. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China in Fort Collins, Colorado, today's guest has a master's from the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine. He's got over 150 hours certification in Wudong External Qi Healing from a master at Yunshangxing, which is a 14th generation person who's been doing it for that long and a 25th generation Longmin Taoist priest. Pretty wild if you ask me. He's certified in cosmetic rejuvenation acupuncture, advanced constitutional facial acupuncture renewal. He's trained with Dr. Ping Zhang in facial gua sha, which is a no-needle facial technique, kind of like a grass and mild fascia release for the face, if y'all didn't know. And he has a sweet podcast called The Get Foxy Show. Please welcome Terry Fox. Dr. Justin, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you giving me the chance to uh, be on your show because it's a heck of a good show. Oh, thank you. Well, we're getting so close to episode 100. I keep talking about it on the pre-shows. I'm so excited. You're almost on the cusp of it. But I wanted to start off the interview. It's a preemptive. It's really shameful. Do you know what today is? It's not your birthday, is it? Boom, it's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Yes, I did know that. How I know that, I don't know exactly how I know that, but uh, Social media. happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, podcast. No, okay. Now let's get into the show. Like I said, that's <laughs> shameful. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can do in life. You chose acupuncture. I'd like to know how you got into that, and then you kind of just gravitated to the face, which is a whole other specialty. Obviously, you spent a lot more time on that. So give us the lowdown on all this. Sure. Well, I can. I'll tell you how it, I all it all just sort of fell together. When I was seventeen, my mom was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I, I grew up in rural Wyoming, 
uh, on a cattle ranch about uh, 20 miles south of itty-bitty little Buffalo, Wyoming. And my mom was the high school secretary. Uh, she worked in the principal's office. And so we'd come home from school. After school, she would either have me, my brother, or my dad rub her shoulders at night. And after a while, she would say, uh, your, your dad rubs too hard. Ugh, your, your brother just can't do it right. And so I became the designated shoulder rubber at home. Yay. <laughs> and so one night she said, while I, while I was doing this, she said, you know, maybe you ought to think about doing this professionally. And it was like a lightning went off in my head. It was like, what? I could, I could do that? <laughs> and so that, uh, that idea stuck with me. I didn't immediately go to massage therapy school after high school. I, I dinked around in junior college for a few years, got an associate's degree in English, and then went, what am I going to do with an associate's degree in English? <laughs> no doubt. So, so I ended up going to massage therapy school. I ended up at the Utah College of Massage Therapy in Salt Lake City. And that's where I got my first real major exposure to traditional Chinese medicine theory. And I got that through um, Japanese shiatsu class, uh, applied kinesiology. We were taught uh, a form of it called Touch for Health that uh, has some Chinese medicine ideas behind it. And then I also had an acupressure class. So it, it started giving me these ideas. I'd also studied a little bit of Aikido while I was in junior college. So that too exposed me to some of these ideas. But I found it really fascinating. Just uh, it, it, I wanted, uh, every little bit I learned, I wanted to learn more. And so when I got out of massage therapy school, I ended up in Laramie, Wyoming, working at Ivinson Memorial Hospital. I helped start the first hospital-based massage therapy program in the state there, which was really cool because, I mean, it was it was a cutting edge for Wyoming. And I had some experiences in the hospital using acupressure on patients where I thought, dang, if I knew how to do this like an acupuncturist, these people might not even be in here because I was what I'd learned is what I now call cookbook acupuncture, where, you know, I, I went through these smaller courses and was given a manual with a list of acupuncture points. And this acupuncture point is good for that. Large intestine four is good for a frontal headache, for example. And yeah, you massage that or needle it. It works. It'll treat a frontal headache. But when you start getting into more complex things like fibromyalgia, for example, knowing cookbook acupuncture isn't quite as effective. You've got to know meridian theory. You've got to know your points. You've got to know much more about the body and how it works. And so I decided that I wanted to go to acupuncture school. Well, lo and behold, uh, as that idea was percolating, you know, it's funny how the universe works. Um, my program got canceled. The, the administration, hospital. the hospital changed. Their priorities changed. And they said, well, your program, well, the official word was your program isn't making enough money. But my meeting with the, with the chief financial officer revealed that, uh, I mean, he flat up told me to my face. He said, I think what you do is voodoo. And I thought, massage therapy, voodoo? Come on. Okay. 
I'm I'm going to go to acupuncture school. I'm going to learn some real voodoo, and then I'm going to bring it back to Wyoming. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was the plan. That was the plan. So I left Laramie and went to the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine down in Denver. That was in 2003. And that's where I went through their program and got my master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine. And, yeah, the plan was to take it back to Wyoming. But uh, I ended up in Fort Collins, which is just just it's south almost of Wyoming. Wyoming. Yes. I... I had an offer here in Fort Collins. I really couldn't pass up. Plus, the beer culture here is absolutely amazing. The, the craft beer culture here, we are in the Napa Valley of beer. Mm, and Belgium. so uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make it across the border. I ended up in, in Colorado, and I, I like it here. I'm, I'm pretty spoiled here. Fort Collins is nice. I mean, it is one of those places where you better be ready to fight. For what you want, because the competition is fierce if you want to be in Fort Collins. You know, it didn't used to be that way, but it's starting to get that way. Um, although I will say that we have a fantastic acupuncture community here in northern Colorado. And, and yes, in one aspect, yeah, uh, we are competitive. We are competitors. That being said... We're all about collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so we actually have a group of us. We've got a Facebook page, Northern Colorado Acupuncturist Facebook page, where we all interact. And we will actually meet once a month just for cocktails, just to shoot the breeze, see how we can support one another. And we've learned what one another's specialties are so that, you know, if – I don't really like treating fertility. Okay, so now I've I've met three other acupuncturists in Fort Collins that do. And so now when I've got patients that call me and say, hey, do you do fertility treatments? I can say no. But guess what? Rachel Blunk over here does fertility work. Emma Goulart does fertility work. Let me refer you to them. And then vice versa. They know I really – I dig the facial work. And so when they have patients with trigeminal neuralgia, Bell's palsy, or they're looking for aesthetic or cosmetic work, then they send them my way. And it, it, it all works out. We take care of our own. We help each other. And so in that regard, we're not really competitors. We're collaborators. Now, I know on our, for, on our earlier acupuncture series we had dedicated to acupunctures, we have Michelle Gellis who teaches facial acupuncture, and we had a communication yeah, earlier. Amazing. amazing. But you're like, there are other people that teach it. So you actually use uh, other people, which I thought, I was like, oh, darn, the small world isn't quite small <laughs> enough on this one. I'm, I'm so wanting to train with Michelle. I just haven't gotten around to uh, gathering the funds to get to Florida to train with her. Yep. But uh, I, ha- I have trained, well, my training, uh, the facial side of it came initially from Doc Ron Rosen. And Ron was the first licensed acupuncturist in the state of Colorado. He helped, he was one of the pioneers in Colorado to help get acupuncture actually legal. He was one of the founding members of the State Acupuncture Association. And he was actually a uh, more of a diadot practitioner. Diadot means hit fall medicine or uh, or orthopedic style okay. acupuncture. 
where, where you're treating a lot of sports injuries. It comes from the, the martial arts side of the medicine. But uh, Doc had trained in Taiwan for a while and learned this facial acupuncture technique that he called cosmetic acupuncture. And one, well, actually two of his students, Denise Ellinger and then Martha Lucas, took his technique and they got together and they added to it and then rebranded what they had as Zen cosmetic acupuncture. And that's one of the more popular styles of cosmetic acupuncture being taught right now. I, I believe Oprah has had Zen cosmetic acupuncture Come done. On. Yeah. And Martha teaches this style all over the world. Uh, she and Denise ended up splitting and so uh, Martha still has the Maisen brand. Denise teaches cosmetic rejuvenation acupuncture. And they're very similar. Uh, Denise has taken the style in one direction. Martha's taken it in a different direction. Uh, but they're very similar. So I trained also with Denise. And I've done some training with Martha for uh, her, her pulse diagnosis work, but nothing specifically for her cosmetic work. But again, she's also on my list. My goal is to train with as many teachers as I can so I can really absorb and get the best bits from every single technique. So I've also trained with uh, Mary Elizabeth Wakefield and her constitutional, uh, constitutional facial acupuncture style. And she, she makes sure that you call it constitutional because cosmetic, the word cosmetic means something that's superficial. It's on the outside. It's, it's only skin deep. And constitutional facial acupuncture treats more than just skin deep. It, it treats your general health and wellness along with it. So Mary Elizabeth's very adamant. Do not call this cosmetic. Call it constitutional. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so this is interesting because you're, you're, a lot of these names, if you're into acupuncture and you listen to this, you're like, that's good, that's good. The rest of us were like, whoever those are. Just like with researchers, you're like, whoever those guys are, I should know who these people are, but I don't. So that's good information. The cosmetic acupuncture, you could have before and afters. You got a droopy eye or you just want like a little bit of a facelift or maybe something like that. The constitutional side, that's when we're talking Bell's palsy. Some of the conditions that you're seeing respond well to like both of those types. And I'm guessing you have to approach it a little bit differently depending on the patient's issues. You know, it does depend on the patient's presentation. But with both the constitutional facial work and the cosmetic work, both address the patient's general health and wellness. And that's why Mary Elizabeth would call it constitutional. Mm -hmm. And that's just traditional Chinese medicine in general. We take a basic traditional Chinese medicine treatment and traditional Chinese medicine has five branches. So we're looking at acupuncture. We're looking at Chinese herbal medicine. We're looking at Chinese dietetics. We're looking at uh, massage therapy and we're looking at Qigong or energy enhancing exercise. So you can fix a, quote, fix a kidney issue through the face. Yes, technically can. 
Yeah, or whatever <laughs> legal terms you're supposed to be able to use. Like, we don't fix anything, whatever that technical term is, but you could you can work on kidneys and livers and all that kind of stuff through the face. Yes, the the idea is that all all the meridians essentially are connected to the head and the face. But I do needle body points as well, okay. especially when I'm doing more of the aesthetic cosmetic type work. Because when you're working so much with putting needles in the face, that draws a lot of energy up to the upper part of the body. So it's helpful to needle other parts, especially the feet, to help ground that energy and keep somebody from getting uh, headaches, nosebleeds, dizziness, these kinds of things. Because if you're, if you're doing too much needling up top, then you can create imbalance. And so we do use body needles to help balance things out and keep things uh, in in a state of regularity. And I always thought the the cool part about the feet was you could treat the whole body on the feet, on the ear, you know, and all that stuff. I'm like, I've never really studied enough of the feet to like get into it all. But uh, it's kind of cool that you bottom of the foot or whatever part of the foot and the face at the same time to really, you know, balance it out and everything. That's, it's interesting that that's the way you, you go with it. Oh, you bet. Well, again, we're talking traditional Chinese medicine and yin and yang. So if the head is yang, then you go to the yin. You, you go to the feet. You use the lower to help treat the upper and vice versa. You could use the face if somebody's got a, a foot problem. You could essentially treat the face to help the feet. But in this case, (laughs) in this case, we're actually treating the feet to help the face. One of one of my teachers, uh, Master Yunxiang Tsung, or or his nickname is Chen. uh, He he taught my Wudong external chi healing class. He was really big on foot baths, and he said an old Chinese adage is, "You torture the lower to treat the upper. You use a really hot foot bath with Chinese herbs." And he liked green tea and uh, peach seed mm-hmm. and would put these in foot baths. And the nature of these herbs is that they're detoxifying and heat clearing. From a Chinese medicine standpoint, they clear toxic heat from the meridians. And so you would bathe your feet in this green tea and peach seed and it would help clear heat and inflammation from the face. Uh, especially the um, stomach meridians. So right along the cheeks and the jawline, if you're getting acne breakouts, for example, this is a form of inflammation and heat. This foot bath would help clear that. And so he was a big fan of those, and that's something I encourage my patients to do, is do a foot bath to help beautify your face. That's something they do here. You know, you go to get a massage or something, and they always have you soak your feet, partially because I think your feet stink here. You know, some for some people, but um, it always has tea in there, which is I was just like, okay, I'll soak my feet in the tea, and then one place would use a capacin type of lotion. So not uh-huh. only are you the hot, hot water, where you like, can you turn it down a little? You've got the tea, everything's smelling good, apparently doing something as well. Then they put the capacin oil, and you're like, oh, it's burning, it's hot, but you know, it all feels good at the end, and like you said. There could be other things going on that I don't even realize. And that's the nice thing about acupuncture. You don't have to believe it. It's like chiropractic. It's not voodoo. You don't have to believe it to make it work. Amen to that. It is nice if you believe it's going to work. It does help. But you bet. I mean, there is there is power to the placebo effect. Right. I am not 
afraid to say that I will make use of the placebo effect. I mean, if I've got a patient that comes in and immediately I say, you know what, you're in the right place and by gosh, we're going to have a great treatment today. You're going to see results there, right there. I've implanted that message. There's placebo effect right there. That 37% uh, only is going to last for so long unless you yep. get results. Then you're like, oh, okay. I am with you. So yeah, it works. And there, there's a lot of research being done out there now about acupuncture. And you can find a bunch of it on PubMed. And, you know, we're starting to understand more about it. It's not uh, some new age mystical thing. Uh, are a lot of studies showing that it has an effect on the nervous system, on the endocrine system. There's research now about uh, gasotransmitters and its effect on uh, nitric oxide. It's fascinating stuff. So it works on the body on multiple levels, and it's so much fun. Acupuncture could get a little bit more mainstream because you, you used a lot of Chinese words. And I know for a lot of doctors, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, you just sound goofy. It sounds so woo-woo now. If they started switching out those terms for some of these scientific, what are we finding in the research, do you think it would gain more popularity and be easier for people to digest? I believe so. I think as research continues to happen and we start learning what these specific mechanisms are, then yeah, we'll we'll be able to break that language barrier between modern medicine, modern allopathic medicine, and the medical terminology we use there, and traditional Chinese medicine, where the language we use sounds uh, a little hokey to to modern ears because we're we're using ancient language and ancient metaphors to to describe what's going on in the body. Yeah, C-fibers and nociceptors and all that stuff and mechanical receptors and that's how this works and that works. Yeah, people are like, oh, okay, now I, now I understand what you're doing. That makes more sense. But the science, you know, chiropractic is the same way. Well, what are you doing? I don't know, cracking the back? Come on, Justin. It's not cracking the back. You, gotta, you know, you can go real deep these days. But then you always got to dumb it right back down for the average person who's not really going to understand or care. Let's even put it that way. They don't care really how it works on a science basis, but as a doctor, you need to know what it is so that you can explain it to them. And if they want more information, they can find it. But for a long time, we're just like, I don't know, it worked. Yep. Just in the last 10 years, maybe 15 years, we're really able to quantify and, and do these tests to figure out what we're doing. And unfortunately, I think acupuncture, because of, you know, maybe now that we have some of the higher end technology, maybe some MRIs and different stuff, you can start seeing changes in different ways and on the cellular level going deep, real deep with these microscopes and uh, start saying, oh, wow, look, these cells change and this is how they change. And it only took 3,000 years to figure out because <laughs> it was catching up to what you already knew. Yep. What are you finding? Some of the more common conditions that you're seeing that you specialize in and then maybe some of the, the common misconceptions that you're having to work with on a weekly basis. Okay. Well, uh, the things that I like to work with and what, what, what kind of comes easy to me, I, I for years, I mean, prior to getting into the facial work, uh, I did really good with musculoskeletal pain. I mean, especially since I started out as a massage therapist, I really understood the muscles and the origins, the insertions, the tendons, and how all that worked together. So when somebody came in with a sports injury or something, boy, I could just 
take care of things. Mm -hmm. And that's still a lot of fun for me. But uh, once I started learning about the facial work, and one of the reasons I got into the facial work is because I had Bell's palsy when I was 10. Oh. And so I, uh, yeah, I ended up having a baseball accident and missed a pop fly I was trying to catch. And instead of it going into my glove, I caught it right in the uh, eye socket. <laughs> and so uh, going through that experience with Bell's palsy really gave me a heart to serve people who are dealing with those kinds of things. And then later on, my mom ended up uh, developing trigeminal neuralgia Oof. along with fibromyalgia. So that too was like, oh, how can, how can I help her? And as I started going through this training, it was like, okay, yes, I really have a heart for people with any sort of facial palsy or uh, any of these facial nerve conditions because, I mean, trigeminal neuralgia, is, I mean, it's labeled as the suicide disease because it's brutal. so painful, brutal. Yeah, I mean, you feel like you've been struck by lightning in your face or, or stabbed with an ice pick in your face just by doing small things like brushing your teeth or trying to eat. And it's it's horrid. There's so much we can do with acupuncture to help settle that nerve inflammation with the needles and with Chinese herbal medicine that it's, it really, what do I want to say here? It, it brings joy to my heart. I guess that's a simple way to put it. Is it, I just really, it, it makes me so damn happy. Yeah. <laughs> Be able to help somebody who either has their face drooping on one side and they're so self-conscious and spooked that it's never going to get better because, you know, some, some cases of Bell's, don't get better. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you can treat it, the sooner you can start seeing results, which is, which is the good thing. And the same with trigeminal, man, I mean, when, when you can get somebody out of that kind of pain and they're saying, Oh, thank you so much. I can actually eat again. And then the, um, aesthetic and cosmetic work that, uh, that to me is a joy because I, uh, I really enjoy working with women. Uh, I'll work with guys too. That's not a problem. And guys are starting to become more and more conscious about their faces, or at least the, the younger guys are. Um, this is, I mean, our faces are organic business card. Whether or not we know it consciously, we all read faces and we can all see the lines on someone's face. And you can look at somebody's face and tell whether or not they're a sad person, they're an angry person, they're a crazy person, or they're a happy person. We all intrinsically know how to read a face. But in traditional Chinese medicine, we've, we've kind of codified what these lines on our face mean. Mm. And they're written there by specific emotions. So for example, these uh, these lines right in between the eyebrows that uh, people call frown lines or, or the 11s. Or some of us just have a single line right down the middle. The Chinese call that a hanging dagger. <laughs> this area of the face corresponds to the liver. And in Chinese medicine, the emotion that's associated with the liver tends to be anger, irritation, and frustration. And so if you're constantly feeling anger 
or you're irritated or frustrated about things. These glabellar muscles that activate the eyebrows to clench those eyebrows create those lines on the face. And so from a Chinese medicine standpoint, what I do is, one, we address that emotion. I talk to my patients about, okay, where in your life are you feeling these emotions? And let's get awareness around those emotions. Then we can needle body points that associate with those organs and those emotions. Then I also needle specifically the muscle groups that are activated for those and release the tension in those. And then if the uh, lines are also written in the skin, then we can needle more superficially in the skin and get the collagen and the elastin and everything uh, remodeling in that area as well. And so these women can come in who have these lines that they're not proud of, that they, they look in the mirror and they go, oh, God, I just wish I could change this. And it becomes more of a self-esteem sort of issue. We can work with that. They come off my table. They look in the mirror and go, wow, I can see change. That line isn't near as deep. Wow. And then they get a big smile on their face. I get a hug and they're happy and they go home. And that happiness then reverberates throughout their relationships because they feel more loving toward themselves, which means they also will feel more loving to their family, to their friends. They'll be more confident in their business relationships. And it's just this wonderful ripple effect. And it's the same with the rest. Which one is the kidney on your face? The kidney area tends to be underneath the eyes. So these, these dark circles under the eyes relate to deficiency in the energy of the kidneys. Okay. And this is what you meant by the the constitutional, because you, you went through a lot of stuff right there, which is really that's kind of cool. Like, is, there's a several step process. We're not just stabbing the glabellar muscles. Yeah, this is this is very involved. I mean, it is it's much more than just regular traditional Chinese medicine. There is there's a lot more training to it. But yeah, there are just like you can treat the whole body with the foot through foot reflexology or the ear with auricular therapy, um, there are areas mapped out on the face that correspond to specific organ systems. And so I can look at the face and look at the complexion because different colors of the complexion are indicative of things. So for example, if you've got somebody who has very red cheeks and the redness shows up more in the afternoon and evening, this is usually indicative of what we would call a yin deficiency type heat. So yin is the cooling, moistening aspect of the body. And if it is deficient, then there is a relative excess of yang, which is more the warming, drying aspect of the body. And so you can see this in the cheeks. There'll be this kind of dull redness that shows up more in the afternoon or evening. And so, okay, as soon as I see that, I go, okay, this person, it's a good bet. There's some yin deficiency, usually related to the kidneys as well. So we, we talk about, okay, are there any other kidney yin deficiency symptoms that we see in your life? And if there are, okay, well, then boom, we've got it. Let's talk about treating those kidneys. Very good. The doctors here, it's 98 degrees outside all the time, and the air conditioners here are junk. 
and they, they see me sweat and they're like, Oh, Justin, your kidneys are so bad. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. I don't know how your genes don't let you sweat, but like the Chinese people, they just don't sweat as much. They just, you know, there's <laughs> white people like that too. And you know, they run a marathon and you're like, you barely sweat. I don't understand this. Like some people just sweat more, but that's one of the, that's why I was curious because that's what they say for me. Like, Oh, your kidneys are weak. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not really offering a solution. You're just telling me there's a problem. Yes, and that's where that's where you end up having to go see a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner to give you more insight. The kidneys are extremely important in traditional Chinese medicine. They're seen kind of like the batteries of the body. They they store the congenital essence. And the idea in Chinese medicine is that we get our energy from two sources. We we get it from the congenital essence, which is the energy given to us by our parents at the moment of our conception. And there's only a limited amount of that energy. The other form of energy that we get is the energy from the food we eat, the air we breathe, and the water we drink. And this is called uh, postnatal chi or post post-heaven chi. I just basically call it food chi. It's, it's the energy we get from the food that we eat. And the idea is that you use both as you live. AKA genetics but, and what your diet is. Yes. <laughs> and so the idea is you want to live off of the energy of your food and not necessarily tap into that kidney energy if you don't have to because there's only a limited amount. Mm. And once that amount is used, supposedly, that's when you die as that energy is used up and that glass of energy starts to get lower and lower and more empty. That is how we age and that's what kicks off our aging process. And that's, that's what the ancient Chinese doctors taught. Now that's, that's completely different from what we talk about in modern medicine, but it, it, there's some crossover there with congenital essence and genetics. Well, we're talking mitochondria, we're talking DNA, we're talking all that, the epi, what is it? Um, epigenetics. Epigenetics stuff. Like, yep. Again, that's what I'm talking about. Like, what you're saying, I was like, yeah, okay, you're using these words, but in my mind goes, yeah, all that stuff is, that's rejuvenation science, that's, I want to live to 100 years old, biohacking type of stuff. Just different words and different approaches to taking care of it and keeping healthy and balanced. So as you're living in China, yeah, you definitely want to take care of your kidneys. <laughs> Maybe I'll go talk to the TCM department. We just lost one of our uh, one of our good doctors. They went to the main hospital in town instead of a private hospital. So the person we have now, I don't know. I don't know if he's good or not. He's kind of, as they say in Chinese medicine, he's kind of young. <laughs> they don't really like, can we get someone who has about 10 or 15 years experience? These youngins, they don't know what they're doing quite yet is, is the uh, what I'm kind of noticing. But it's so funny, the stuff you're talking about. Over here, it's it's normal. Like anybody can talk to you about like some of this stuff because it's just ingrained in how they think and how they That's talk. That's the culture. And they just see it and they're like, oh, you should probably go get that checked out or, you know, go to someone who's really good. They can probably give you a whole bunch of different herbs. And I've mentioned this before. Went to see a guy, felt the pulse. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I got some digestion issues or whatever. And he, 20 teas or 20 different ingredients. He's like, you know, told me how to use it and all this kind of stuff. I was like, wow, that's a lot from a pulse and a couple of questions. So and he was probably 65 years old, third or fourth generation as well. Pulse taking is an art. I mean, that is that is one of the 
art forms of this medicine. I am I consider myself a baby when it comes to pulse taking. And I've been taking pulses now, geez, um, well, since 1999. So, you know, I mean, almost 20 years. And I get a fair amount of information from my pulse taking. But, I mean, there's there's masters out there that are on that spooky level where they don't even need to talk to you or ask you questions. They'll just take your pulse and then they can tell you your whole medical history. And that to me is mind blowing. Uh, But there are guys out there that can do that. I don't have that talent. (laughs) Hey, you know what? If you can get a little bit of this and from this and this and this and this, you got a complete picture. We're not going to judge you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge you. Hey, that's why we have more than one bag of tricks. That's what I always say. Amen to that. Mm. And that's why I think it's important that patients see multiple disciplines. You know, I can only do so much. My medicine has its strengths and weaknesses. Your medicine has its strengths and weaknesses. This doctor's medicine over here has its strengths and weaknesses. And when we can all collaborate and your strengths may minimize my weaknesses. Why wouldn't I send my patient to you? I mean, that's that's the way it should be. You've trained on a lot of people. And like I said, with acupuncture, is very much learning from somebody else. So if you were to go to China and meet somebody and spend six months with this person and six months with that person and come back to America, you're going to have a talent set that's going to be way different than somebody else down the street just because of the people that you studied under and the patients that you saw with your intensive studying on site, I would think. I would agree with you. Okay. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit. You got the sexy foxy. No, the um, the foxy show. This, I always think sexy foxy. I guess that was kind of your <laughs> your point of that. Now it's stuck well, in I my am head. sexy. It's yes, true. Sorry. I mean, y- y'all see the picture of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think he has to use a, a mustache cream, probably. You know, I do wax on on occasion to help train this mustache, and I am a member of the Rocky Mountain Beard and Mustache Club. So I do I do compete occasionally in beard and mustache competitions. That's so pretty wild. It's, it's kind of a fun little hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what is your podcast? What are you? What's your specialty? I know it's kind of geared towards women. I know for myself, sometimes my women interviews feel a little bit more jovial and kind of easier to connect with. That's just that's the patients we talk to a lot more, more than guys. Our guy interviews are still good. They're just a little bit of a different feel to them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. What's your goal here? Well, you know, I didn't really intentionally get into podcasting. I I fell into it. I won a door prize at a networking event. Uh, A fellow by the name of Richard Keller, who runs Wooden Pants Publishing and Media, had this door prize. He said he would help someone, some business owner, produce four episodes of a podcast. And I ended up winning this thing, and I went. That's a big prize. That's a yeah. lot of hours. That's yeah, a lot of work. I'm, I'm sitting there going, "Okay, um, great. Uh, what what do I do with this?" <laughs> and so I, I sat down with Richard, and we started talking. And I thought, you know, what I do is I help women look younger and get healthier. I'm not the only guy that can do that. There are other people in this world that can also help in that regard. And so I said, okay, there's my show. We're going to talk about natural beauty. We're going to talk about holistic health. 
And we're going to talk about passionate living because those are the kind of people that you want to be around and enjoy are these people that are going out, living passionately and doing things. And so I said, all right, there's who I'm going to talk to. And who am I going to make this show for? Well, why not just make it for my prospective patients just as as kind of an additional way that they can find things to help enhance their own lives. And there it was. It just fell right in my lap. <laughs> so here I am. Uh, I've been at it about, uh, well, it's almost a year and a half. Uh, I just put out episode, let's see, I guess that was episode 35 I released last week. Uh, by the time you, this episode airs on your show, I'll probably be much further along than that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been so much fun because I get to talk to guys like you and I, I definitely would like to have you on the show sometime soon. (laughs) And I get to meet some really amazing people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Rolodex is getting bigger. Yeah, I've, I've had some really amazing folks like Polly Latofsky on the show. She, uh, she's the first woman. She's in the Guinness Book of World Records for walking around the world. Uh, I've, I've had, uh, Jeffrey Gurian on the show. He's a former cosmetic dentist turned, uh, professional comedian who's written for guys like uh, Andrew Dice Clay and Rodney Dangerfield. But he's also into energy work. And and so he's written a book about uh, healing your heart by changing your mind. So we got I got to talk to him about his book. And Alana Pratt, who is a relationship and transformation coach. Where do you find these people? Oh, my goodness. Well, some of them. a specific thing. Like, I just got to. My job's a little easier. I just got to find a doctor that I think is interesting. What kind of doctor? Any doctor, because that's what I care about. <laughs> but for you, like, you kind of have to be specific. Like, you can't just be waking up on a Monday and be like, oh, let's just find a doctor today. <laughs> you got to start researching. Well, yeah, that is true. I, I do have to research my folks. But uh, once I got going, first I started by just kind of tapping my own personal network and asking people that I knew if they would like to be on the show. And sure enough, yeah, most folks are like, yeah, totally, I'll be on the show. And then I start asking them, well, who do you know that would fit these categories of holistic health, natural Uh beauty, passionate living? And then I'll say, oh, yeah, well, I know so-and-so. Well, I would love an introduction to them. And so then I get these introductions and I get to meet these people. And then, of course, yeah, I do do my research because uh, I have had – perspective guest who I thought looked pretty legit. But uh, once I started doing uh, a Google search for them, I found, oh, wow, they're, uh, they are currently being sued for creating a multi-million dollar Ponzi scheme. Hello. And so it's like, okay, I have to vet the people that come on my show before I let them on the show. And it was a good lesson for me to learn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do definitely research the people that uh, are on the show because I do want to bring good people on my show who can be very helpful to the people who listen. And that's ultimately the goal is to bring their expertise to my listeners. 
and I'm sure it's the same way for you. Now, I, I want to ask about like marketing. You know, you, you probably got to do some kind of marketing. And obviously, this is going to be a piece of it. Do you see yourself using this as local, but also potentially being invited to different conferences across the nation or guest speakers? Or do you have any plans for like that part of business life with this podcast? You know, initially, I had no idea what I was going to be using it for it because it just sort of fell in my lap. Right. But as I've started building the show and really starting to get into the podcasting community and meeting other podcasters and learning about podcasting because it's like, okay, I know nothing about this. So I'm starting to read books. I'm looking at websites. I'm, I'm talking to other people who podcast. And it's like, wow, there thing. are some possibilities here for, yes, uh, I could use this for marketing purposes locally. It's a good way to meet people nationally. Yes, maybe I could uh, end up getting some kind of speaking gigs uh, here or there or somewhere because of this podcast. The, there's a lot of possibilities, and I, I haven't honestly explored all of them yet, but uh, it's it's really kind of neat, and I'm excited to see where it goes. But But for right now, it's just okay. I get out there. I speak. My guests speak and we bring value to our listeners. And that's that's the main goal at the moment. But where this takes me, let's see. And your personality comes out in your show. I mean, obviously, I tuned into <laughs> one or two episodes and uh, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. This guy's going to be good for, for, for my show. I was like, yeah, yeah that, he knows what he's doing. It's good. <laughs> uh, what do you do locally to market? You know, for the most part, I uh, it's it's a lot of word of mouth from my patients but, you know, you can't rely just on word of mouth. I That was what really kind of made me have my what I call entrepreneurial epiphany. About eight years into my practice, I, I kept thinking, Damn, I know I'm a good practitioner. Why am I not seeing more patients? Well, it was just I was relying on my patients to tell other people. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. So what I've done, I've. I'm pretty good chatting with people. So I've started just going to local networking events and different networking groups. I started out with uh, BNI, Business Networking International. Yeah. And that was, that was a pretty handy little group because it gave me the opportunity to start learning how to speak to normal folks and tell them what I'm doing without using traditional Chinese medicine jargon that, that's confusing. And that gave me a lot of practice in that. It also plugged me into the community because I, I didn't know anybody. Okay, well, guess what? In a BNI chapter, they're category specific. So they want a plumber. They want a chiropractor. They want a hairstylist. And all these different professions, you get one of each in the group. And so it plugged me into all of these people with all of these different resources that were local that I could then use their services, but they could also then go about referring to me. And it was it was pretty fantastic. But uh, I ended up getting a little complacent and started just relying specifically on that group. And when was that? That was about 2008. The economy started to tank and... 
I decided to step out of that group because it, it, unfortunately with some networking groups, you can, you can get into politics yeah. and that, that kind of happens with any group. Uh, anytime you get a group of people together, <laughs> but, uh, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to step away from this and see what else I can do. So that got me more hungry for different marketing practices. And I looked at other, other networking groups. I also looked at other things like uh, CEO Space International. I started looking at uh, public speaking training so that I could start doing more talks mm -hmm. and just getting out in front of people. And that's primarily how I've been doing things is I've either been talking I've been networking or I do a, a podcast or writing comes easily to me. They're, they're that English degree from Casper College. It actually works. <laughs> Did something so, for you. I do do a little bit of writing on my blog and, uh, you know, there's, there is a part of me that's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm sure there's a book in here somewhere. So eventually, you know, there, there may be a book in the future that I'll be writing there's, there's a lot of stuff one can do, but for the most part, it's just interpersonal interaction that I've been relying on. Speaking, usually one-on-one -on -one with people, is how I've been marketing my practice, either through networking or through these newer speaking events where I'm actually speaking to more smaller groups. And yeah. that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. I mean, you're doing the stuff you got to do. That's the... The hardest thing you have to do is to get out there and meet people and get out of your comfort zone. And some people taking a risk to go to a BNI. Oh, it costs money and it's a lot of time. Oh, yeah. But I had the same experience. Like for a while, it was really good. And then you get complacent or the group gets kind of the dynamic. And you have to switch groups, switch companies or say, okay, the course is done. Now I need to try something else. And so so kudos to you to for realizing that and, and figuring out your own path and doing the uncomfortable stuff, which is sometimes just putting yourself out there and meeting people and shaking hands. A lot of people don't want to do it. I didn't really get into that until I got a business coach. And it was business coach who said, look, the magic happens when you get out of your comfort zone. And so, yeah, you're going to have to stretch yourself a little bit and you're going to have to get used to dealing with your fear. And there again, we're talking traditional Chinese medicine when there, there's a mental, emotional aspect to each organ system in traditional Chinese medicine. Well, guess what? Emotion affects the kidneys. Fear. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you start learning how to manage fear, you're also working with that kidney system and when you can start getting yourself to where you're comfortable in fear and not letting fear control you but letting fear be more of a motivator for you then you're less taxing of your kidneys you're not draining that kidney energy you're actually using that energy to propel propel you forward and that is where traditional chinese medicine thought comes into that thought process of yeah the magic is in stepping outside the comfort zone, stretching yourself, and doing things that scare you a little bit. So you're not only a spokesman, you're actually a user. Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. Hey, we know your time is, is, is coming to an end here. Before we go into the personal, what are your websites and your podcasts? You bet. 
the podcast website is thegetfoxyshow.com, and you can find it on – boy, I've got it on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So you can, you can find it on all those venues, or you can just go right to the website, thegetfoxyshow.com. Uh, I've also got a Facebook page for the group as well, so you can find out what's going on there and join the conversation there. My business website is Artesian Spring O, which stands for Oriental, and M for medicine, so artesianspringom.com. And I've got a lot of good resources there regarding acupuncture, aesthetic and facial acupuncture, I also have a little bit of information there about some of the herbal products that I make. I've got a trauma liniment that I make uh, from traditional Chinese medicine herbs and a couple of other products. I, I play around. It's, it's, not my, <laughs> uh, it's not my love, but it's, it's fun to do. So uh, I have a couple of products there on the site as well. But uh, you can find more information there as well over at artesianspringom.com. Perfect. Personal. I'm gonna give you a choice. You're a solo practitioner. You got a wife. You got kids. You want to answer questions about vacation, keeping the love alive, or having a home life balance. Which would you prefer? Uh, well, you know, I think they're all connected. Honestly, when it comes to your home life balance. It's it's all about setting priorities and deciding what in the hell you want. And so, what I want in life. I want a happy family. Part of having that happy family is being able to spend time with them. And if you want to spend a quality time with your family, a vacation is a good place to do that. And in Colorado, you don't even have to go anywhere. Not really. Not really. I mean, we've, we've got a beautiful, beautiful state here. So a staycation is a wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, I also happen to have my in-laws that uh, live here in Fort Collins, and they like spending time with their grandbabies. So it's easy enough to also get a date night in there with my wife every so often so that, you know, we can keep that spark alive as well. Because, you know, when you're cracking on your business and you're still trying to, you know, keep that relationship alive, uh, I've, I've had some pretty big challenges in that regard. My Oldest son, he's 10 now. When he was five, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And so having to go through the challenge of treating his cancer, I mean, totally uh, wrecked the family dynamic for a while. And learning how to communicate with my wife and putting those pieces back together and really as, as a man, learning how to express my weakness and my vulnerability became key for keeping our relationship together. Because for a while there, I felt like I was, I had to be strong and I had to keep it together. Uh, and I couldn't show any weakness. And that, uh, that drove me a little crazy. Um, I ended up having to go to a mental health professional because I started having suicidal and homicidal thoughts. And I knew that wasn't right. So we needed to get that figured out. And eventually, going through and talking to somebody and going through some training, I learned, oh, okay, I need to start sharing more from my heart and being more vulnerable and being more authentic because then I'm going to be more relatable. 
and by sharing those things with my wife and also with my boys. Now, I mean, I, I don't tell my boys, hey, just tough up, you know, um, don't cry. No, man, if it hurts, go ahead, cry. Get that emotion out, process that emotion, and it makes you more human, it makes you more relatable, and guess what? That emotion doesn't get stuck in you energetically and cause you problems later on down the road. So yep. it's all connected. 50% <laughs> of marriages when you have a – whether it's a special needs kid or you know cancer or all that kind of stuff, they end in divorce. Yes. So it either brings you together or drives you away. Yep. Yeah, and that was that was a statistic that scared the hell out of me. And I'd say I, I said no, I I love my wife. I want to stay with my wife. So I've got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there's there's a key thing right there. If you want to be in a relationship, then you have to make that relationship a priority. And so, yeah, okay, I'm a business owner. Yeah, I got to focus on my business, but I'm also a husband. I'm also a father. And if I want to make those relationships a priority, I better figure my crap out and figure out how I can work on those relationships as well. And so it does become a bit of a juggling act. But when you can find resources to help you do that, you take advantage of them. And one of the resources I had was my mental health practitioner. And another one was actually going through training with a woman by the name of Joanna Shakti out of Boulder, Colorado. And she's a uh, relationship coach. And she teaches people how to have relationships with themselves and better those relationships so that they can then begin to have relationships, better relationships with others. And so that was huge, working on me and my own garbage and my self-limiting beliefs. Imagine that. And once I started working on those, all of a sudden, wow, my other relationships started to improve. So doing that inner work on yourself is key. I, I, that's my opinion anyway. <laughs> I second that. I've done my own counseling for my own stuff. It was really helpful. I've got plenty of uh, mental health people on the podcast. Uh, episodes in the 40s there's a a slew of them five or six of them around that area for sure and earlier as well but it's huge i appreciate your honesty and your openness to share it seems like mental health is something that people try to hide they don't want to talk about it and we can see in the news recently it seems a lot of people are committing suicide who you're like what is wrong with you guys y'all have everything that you're supposed to want in life if you just look at the media and they're suiciding so that's Anyway, mental health is important. Thank you for being honest about that. You bet. On a lighter note, at the end of the episode, any type of um, favorite books, podcasts, phone apps that you think we should all check out and, and become more familiar with? You bet. Well, of course, I have to share your podcast with my people. You, you've got a great show. Thank you. Um, another one that uh, I listen to and that I love, I've also been a guest on it, is The Money Lab with Wei Hong. Uh, Wei runs the Six Figure Academy, and he helps people alleviate their bad money stories and money anxiety, which, you know, I mean, when, when you're a solopreneur, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge stuff. So I love listening to Wei's show, and he's an absolutely dynamic individual. Intimate Relations with Alana Pratt is also another good 
podcast to listen to. Uh, and that's one of those shows that helps you develop and learn more about having a relationship with yourself as well as others. Books. Um, the book that really kind of sparked off my entrepreneurial epiphany was uh, The Millionaire Mindset by T. Harv Ecker. Um, also, The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard. Um, also a fantastic book because it, it inspires you to uh, really hone what you're doing, what your mission is, and how you can share that with others around you. I like I like the passion that you have because you're talking about the first half of the interview. And you're like, this is why I'm doing it. But in reality, also, you're a business owner. And there's been some things that you've had to work on for your own financial mindset so that you can be prosperous, not just help people, but also help yourself a little bit too. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot you of know, give if, it away. that's the thing is if you can't take care of yourself, how can you take care of other people? Yeah. And that was something that I... I had to work on because, you know, I mean, as healthcare practitioners, we want to give, we want to help, but we also have to receive. Again, traditional Chinese medicine, there has to be a balance, yin and yang. If you're constantly giving, 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 and giving, then you're going to burn out, man, either mentally, spiritually, or financially. <laughs> you're actually my avatar. It's funny, like, at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, someone like yourself is who should be listening to this show. Whether it was the per you now or you five years ago, you know yep. that's the kind of people I'm looking to reach. So this is really full circle, kind of cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, as as a doctor, you've got to take care of yourself. If you want to help other people, yeah, you've got to find ways to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, so that you can also enjoy your life. And when you're enjoying life, then it makes it so much easier to be able to help others. And money's just an amplifier. So, you know, if, if you enjoy helping people, then the more money you can bring in, the more you're able to help. And it just, it, it builds on itself. So that's why I started getting into that was because it was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure out how I can take care of me so that I can start taking care of other people. Not gonna help too many people with your doors closed. Yep. Terry Fox, what was your website again? Artesian Spring OM. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Justin, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. I really want to take a second and say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't left a review on your favorite listening app, please go ahead and do that. One thing I've realized, I've been putting out a lot of links all over Instagram, Facebook, this podcast itself and if you ever change the link or shut the website down all those links are now gone and dead so i just want you to know if you're listening to some of these episodes and i mentioned a link and it's gone just head on over to a doctorsperspective.net and you're probably going to find that thing you're looking for on the top menu search around and i'm sure you'll find it all the books you can find there acupuncture book with no needles the free chapters you can download the 360 degree health from exercises, stretches, financial health, what is chiropractic, and the free chapters are there. T-shirts, resources, and we even have a financial support site now. It's just a doctorsperspective.net slash support. There's one-time support. There's monthly support. Go ahead over there and check it out. Something that I'm offering right now with the needless acupuncture, if you buy the book, you also get the electric acupuncture pin for free as a bonus. 
and that electric acupuncture pin helps you not only stimulate the points stronger, but helps you locate the points as well. So that's a huge plus. And then with the uh, Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, I'm offering a bonus of a uh, one-hour, one-on-one uh, coaching session to go along with the purchase of that book. Actually, there's three different bonus packages if you head to a doctorsperspective.net slash no needles. It's getting close to the end of the year. Are y'all ready for the 2018 top 10? I mean, it's too early right now, but it's going to be here before you know it. That will be available for download later on, just like the 2017 is now. You just heard a great guest. Implement one thing. Make your practice and personal life as best as it can be. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.